600,000 atomic bombs daily, according to Al Gore. Coming up next on One Nation. That was the explosion of the atomic bomb over Hiroshima, uh, Japan, 1945. Bomb dropped. My dad, G.I. Joe Jacobs, came home. Now imagine that explosion, that explosion that wiped out Hiroshima, and then they, another explosion that wiped out Nagasaki. Now, according to Al Gore, in America today, because of climate change or in the world, we have over 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every day. This is unbelievable, people. Hello, America. Welcome to One Nation. I'm your guest host, Dr. Jake Jacobs. Before we get into Al Gore and his bizarre world of climate changeology, uh, you can get more of Jake Jacobs at uh, the Jake Jacobs on Facebook at J uh, Dr. Jake Jacobs, also Jake Jacobs Show, and also on Twitter, Jake Jacobs at Jake Jacobs 1776. And also you can go on the internet, jakejacobshow.com. That's the jakejacobshow.com for my shows that are much more, much longer than they are here at One Nation. Now, anyways, back to Al Gore and his bizarre climate fanatic world, his climate catastrophizer that he is. He loves to invoke, kind of like Ocasio-Cortez, who says that, you know, what's happening with climate change is our World War III. Well, when you hear, hear Al Gore talk, he uses this manipulative language to... Well, to create fear, to scare us, to get us to take action, to get more money so we can save the planet, to quote Nancy Pelosi. So here he is back in 2020, three years ago at the World Economic Forum, talking about this climate change war we're in and making references to famous battles throughout history. Here goes. This crisis, the climate crisis, is way worse than people generally realize. Way worse. It is getting worse still way faster than people realize. The burden to act that is on the shoulders of the generation of people alive today is a challenge to our moral imagination. But this is Thermopylae. This is Agincourt. This is the Battle of the Bulge. This is Dunkirk. This is 9-11. We have to rise to this occasion. Thermopylae. <laughs> Agincourt. Right? The English are outnumbered by the Frenchies in the English win. Ye here, ye band of brothers on this St. Crispin's Day. And then the Battle of the Bulge, you know, December of 1944. General Patton, old blood and guts, beating the National Socialist Nazis. Dunkirk, you know, quarter of a million, over 300,000 uh, uh, French and British troops uh, surrounded by the Nazis and then escaped to go back to England to fight another day. There he is invoking these famous battles throughout world history. Because don't you know that right now, because of CO2 and the horrible fossil fuels, we have got to join together to save the planet, 
This guy absolutely, he just spoke a little while ago at Davos, Switzerland, you know, where the, the, uh, the highfalutin, uh, you know, elitist, these multi-millionaire, billionaire types jet-setting into Davos, Switzerland at the World Economic Forum, discussing their infamous or evil Great Reset, where they all gather together so they can talk about saving the planet. Well, Al Gore is going on this long diatribe, and he is saying that cheap and abundant oil and natural gas, it has to go. You know, God forbid that the poor people of Asia, the poor people of Latin America, the poor people of, of uh, Africa actually have cheap, abundant gas, cheap, abundant oil, so they can flourish and prosper. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. That's bad for the planet. So that's got to go. And then he started yakking about the, the Inflation Reduction Act. You know, he said, you know, it's, it, was primarily, it was primarily a Save the Planet Act. And he says, you know, they say that they uh, spent, uh, they actually get, uh, spent about $369 billion. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. It was much more. It was more like 400 to $500 billion full of solar and wind subsidies and tax credits. And he said, we need much, much more money. It's all about money, all about power. It's all about creating this fearful, warmongering, apocalyptic, doom and gloom, you know, uh, agenda so they can get these politicians to get more of our hard-earned cash or print it and spend it and borrow it so we can theoretically save the planet. So here he was just a few days ago at Davos, Switzerland, whining and dining and eating meat, right? The evil meat that's causing climate change in the world. And he says we're, we're failing badly. And you've got to hear his, his absolute bizarre language manipulation to create fear. I mean, it's not substantiated in, in scientific rhetoric. It's bombastic, literally bombastic, bizarre, um, what would you say, uh, catastrophizing language to create fear, panic. Remember, that's what uh, Greta Thunberg says. I want you to panic because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We only got seven more years to go. So let's listen to Al Gore speak these bizarre words. Here goes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had and we need have had and we need to make some changes. We've heard about divides at this conference between the North and South and the East and West. There's another divide increasingly between those who are old enough to be in positions of power and the young people of this world. Greta Thunberg was just arrested in Germany. I agree with her uh, efforts to stop that uh, coal mine in Germany. 
<laughs> I don't know where to begin with this, people. I mean, first of all, he mentions Greta Thunberg, right? She goes to Germany. She's complaining about the fact that the Germans are turning to coal mining again and, and using coal for their energy. And, and President Trump warned, literally warned Germany and says, you're hyper-dependent upon Russian oil. It's going to catch up with you. And you've gone anti-nuclear. That's uh, Angela Merkel, right? They went anti-nuclear big time. They depleted their abilities to have sustaining energy to heat their homes and to actually manufacture their goods. So they were over-dependent upon Putin's oil. So they're turning to coal, and they're actually expanding in coal. And, of course, Greta Thunberg is freaking out about that because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. So she goes there. But if you watch the film on that, it's all choreographed. The whole thing is choreographed with a, uh, you know, a smirk on her face. She knows exactly what she's doing. And it's, it's that, did you hear the language of Al Gore? It's rain bombs and boiling the oceans. We're sitting up here in Wisconsin freezing our tuckuses off. And, you know, the, the boiling oceans. It, it's like Al Gore needs to read the book Weather for Dummies. That fool has never even bothered to learn the basics. You know, he's got a degree. Okay, he went to Harvard, you know, so therefore he knows a whole bunch, right? He went to Harvard, he majored in government, and now he's this scientific expert. He comes out with a film in 2006, right, An Inconvenient Truth. He, he, uh, he goes on, oh, the Sundance Film Festival, and he says, you know, we only got about 10 years left, and this whole thing is going to come collapsing if we don't take action now, action now, money now government now power now you ever hear the, you hear the words you hear the words back then and you just heard them now he talked about power talked about acting and the previously within that particular speech he was talking about money 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 that's what this is all about in fact when he was at the sundance uh, film festival back in what was it late 2006 early 2007 i forget the exact date there he was making all these predictions 10 year time frame right uh, he talked about, you know, no snow in Kilimanjaro and, and polar bears going to be gone. And 90% of what he talked about in An Inconvenient Truth was wrong, was an error. He's, he, his film was just like Paul Ehrlich's population bomb insanity. And they're bosom buddies. And the, the, he, this Al Gore is just, he's the quintessential manipulator of language to create fear. And within that fear is to cause people to have their representatives act. And the acting is political power based upon money taken from you and taken from me and or uh, printed or borrowed and spent spending money we don't have creating inflation. But we got to save the planet. I mean, you guys just remember last September there was Nancy Pelosi when they passed the, the so-called the Orwellian phrased Inflation Reduction Act, right? And she is literally saying, I quote her, we save the planet. We are saving the planet. I mean, the hubris, the arrogance, this multi-million dollar corrupt lifer politician by the name of Nancy Pelosi, along with Chucky Schumer and Joey Biden, making all their money within the world of politics, not knowing how to create jobs by leaving Americans alone so we can create jobs, by leaving businesses alone so we can create jobs and create prosperity, but thinking that somehow stealing from the producers, redistributing wealth will somehow create wealth in America.
Their form of socialism, progressivism, is destructive by its very nature. And there they are. I mean, Al Gore even said it was more than $369 billion. When I come along in previous shows and say, you know, people, this thing could be more like a trillion dollars. Oh, you're wrong. He even said it was at least a half a trillion dollars. I mean, he let the cat out of the bag by saying we spent a lot. We're saving the planet, but we got to spend a hell of a lot more. Well, you know what? It's interesting. John Kerry, right, former secretary of state, this, 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 this man who, during the Vietnam War, was anti-Vietnam War, anti-America, taking, you see the image behind me of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima? He published a book with the flag upside down, and he tried to uh, hide that book when he ran for president in 2004. And when he was speaking here in Appleton, Wisconsin, I made sure that and I and a bunch of buddies were there exposing him for what he was like during the Vietnam War. Thank God he didn't become president. But then he became Secretary of State and had the disastrous non-treaty treaty with Iran. Iran that yells, death to America, death to Israel. They would just as soon wipe Israel off the face of the map and finish the job of Adolf Hitler. And it's John Kerry was the one negotiating. And they know that in the Constitution, you have to have the Senate ratify the treaty. So what did they do? They just worked around it and said, well, we won't call it a treaty. It's all a ruse, people. And here's Joe Biden right now going to Iran besides Marxist Venezuela, right, and Saudi Arabia and saying, please give us more of your oil. We've got a war over here on fossil fuels, liquid natural gas, fracking. We've got a war here. We want to make sure prices do go up. That, that in itself is a whole other topic, by the way. When Joe Biden is, is what's her name, Jean-Pierre, I forget her first name now, when, when she's on there and saying, well, you know, we just lowered gas prices. It's like, wait a minute, gas prices were at all-time lows, you know, speaking within GDP. Under President Trump, we were energy independent, and from day one, when Joe Biden became president, he started his war on fossil fuels, American energy, American prosperity, American flourishing. And prices started to go through the roof. And they knew the midterm elections were around the corner. And so what did Joe Biden do? He went kowtowing and begging for oil from communist countries, from Muslim nations. When we were energy independent, we were actually selling on the market. We hadn't done that in years. We were actually selling petrol on the market. We've lost energy independence thanks to Joe Biden and John Kerry and his ilk, his company, his team. So here's John Kerry at the World Economic Forum. You got to just, when you listen to him, you just think this, this is a typical politician who, first of all, thinks he knows so much that isn't so, thinks that he knows how to run our lives, how we are to uh, heat, how we are, what we are to eat, how we are to transport our lives as far as how we get around and where we go. Because remember, the larger picture of what's going on at the World Economic Forum in their Great Reset is to totally, to quote Barack Obama, transform the United States of America, our sovereign American republic that will be diminished by the powers of the United Nations, by the powers of the World Economic Forum, by, the, by, by those within the European Union who have bought this, this bizarre globalist agenda 
that is very much anti-American sovereignty. So let's listen to John Kerry in his arrogance, his hubris. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. Hey, he's not a do-getter. No, he's a fool. He's a charlatan. He, he, he's a part of the class politique. These are corrupt individuals, people. He's been corrupt in politics going back to the Vietnam War, John Kerry. And he says, you know, it's like we're extraterrestrial individuals. We've this special select group. It's kind of like during the French Revolution, you know, when Robespierre and Danton and all those French revolutionary, the, the antecedents to Marxist, Marxism. We are this special group, this committee of public safety, and we're going to transform France. We're going to destroy Christianity. We're going to transform humanity. We're going to transform the calendar. We're going to transform the workforce. That's what these guys are all about. I mean, we've had previous programs about you know, the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum, and here's this czar, this energy czar, John Kerry, in saying, you know, it's like we're extraterrestrial uh, terrestrial beings. Can't even say that word. Right. It's like this guy's a Martian. You know, we are from Mars and we've come to save planet Earth because humanoid homo sapien. He is destroying the planet. People, these are the nut jobs we're dealing with, these catastrophizers, these climate cultists. And it's, it, it behooves us to be aware of what they're doing because you, you may say, we may say, well, you know what? We're living our lives, raising our families. Who cares what they do? I care and you should care because what they're doing is getting the money and the power to rearrange the world, change the world, transform the world, and not for the better people. They're lying to us. This is not for the better. Listen to what John Kerry says. It's a short little clip, but listen to what he says about money. Here goes. So how do we get there? Well, the lesson I've learned in the last years, and I learned it as secretary and I've learned it since, reinforced in spades, is money, 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 money. There you have it, people. Money, 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 money. I can't help it. A lot of you guys know that I, I love Pink Floyd. I saw, first time I heard Dark Side of the Moon, 1973. I was blown away. David Gilmore, the lead guitar player, amazing guitar player. I'm such a Pink Floyd fanatic. I actually went to David Gilmore's house in Sussex, England. No kidding. Saw Pink Floyd live uh, April 20th, 1975, when I was a freshman at Arizona State University. Love the music, love the music, absolutely do. So they have a song on Dark Side of the Moon called Money. Money, money, it's a gas, right? And it's interesting, money, it's a gas. We need more gas. We need more petrol. We need more liquid natural gas. We need more fracking. We need more flourishing and prospering. And not just for America, but we could do that and help the people of Africa and help the people of Latin America and Asia. 
And this is very interesting, people, because when you look at the John Kerry's, the Al Gore's, the Joe Biden's of the world who live high off the hog and they have homes on the ocean, the so-called rising ocean, telling us how to live, how they want to change and transform the world. We could, t- and, 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 and by the way, they also at the World Economic Forum and the United Nations say it's up to us, the United States, to give the Chinese, the communist Chinese, more money because they're a developing nation, so we owe them so they can have more energy. And dictator Xi is just like, you got to be kidding me. This is great. You guys are dumber than a box of rocks. You really didn't read uh, Weather for Dummies. Because you dummies are saying that we, uh, the second most developing economy in the world, you're going to give us climate reparations. Now, I mean, stop and think of that insanity. This is how these people think. So instead of bringing uh, highly uh, um, intense energy, Liquid natural gas, fracking, oil, petrol, which, and, 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 and the products that come with that, fertilizers, agricultural advancement. Instead of bringing all that flourishing that fossil fuels has given those of us in the so-called north, they call it the north, those of us in America and Canada and England, etc. Instead of us bringing that to Africa... They say, just give us money, and then we'll get more solar and wind. We know that's un—well, they don't say that, but we know that's unreliable. In fact, they're dependent, they're hyper-dependent upon fossil fuels. They won't tell you that, because it's that whole green tyranny, the, the green industrial complex. It's about these fat cat green tyranny people. It's just about money for them, too. So they, and so the whole point is here is it's money. Where, where are you going to get that money, John? He says, money, 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 money. We're here to get more money, 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 money. And it's like well, we're saying, well, where is that money? If we're heading towards $32 trillion in debt, where are we going to get more money? Make up another bogus Inflation Reduction Act? So they can actually print and borrow maybe uh, $500 billion more dollars. So they can give more subsidies to solar and wind. So they can kill more birds and more bats and more creatures and take more land. Do you know how much, if we went totally solar and wind, how that would have an, an, a negative environmental impact upon the United States of America and the world? And by the way, that's not just me talking. You talk to a lot of people from Greenpeace and all those other climate change fanatics. They'll tell you, oh, my God, it's not really clean. It's ca- it'll cause profound damage to the environment. Well, of course it does. There's, no, there's nothing that's pristine, pure, and perfect. But American technology has come so, has improved so much since I was a young man, since uh, Paul Ehrlich said that the world was going to end and overpopulation, and he talked about sterilizing the water, talked about sterilizing men across the world so we wouldn't have, you know, too many people. And then all of a sudden there was the Green Revolution where fossil fuel technology and agricultural technology tied to fossil fuel machinery exploded agriculture. And people were flourishing. Well, we can bring more flourishing around the world, not through the insane, insane agenda of the World Economic Forum of John Kerry and Al Gore, 
who are just raking in all this money. Al Gore is literally making millions and millions of dollars. His, his green investment company is worth $36 billion. He's laughing all the way to the bank, buying his multi-million dollar home in California, probably smoking a cigar with Bill Gates. Bill Gates' home is right there in Del Mar, California. It's right on the ocean. And then they probably go visit, fly in their jet to go see Barack Obama at Martha's Vineyard, maybe they, whose home is by the ocean. Then they fly to Hawaii where Barack Obama has another home on the ocean. This is why we're sitting here watching this bizarre Twilight Zone Orwellian world of lies and deception. And it's at the expense of you and me and our livelihood. You know... My fellow Americans, I went to the University of Brighton uh, many, many moons ago. Long undergraduate work there. I taught at a high school in Brighton, England. It's an hour south of London. I actually had the honor of receiving my PhD in London many years ago. Uh, I was at the Anglican Church House. Uh, where Winston Churchill, actually, when the National Socialists, the Nazis, were bombing London, they moved Parliament from the Parliament building across the street at the Anglican Church House. I didn't know this at the time, and here I am all in my regalia, getting ready to get my uh, doctoral degree award, and I saw the plaque on the wall, and there it was. Here is where Winston Churchill and the English Parliament met during World War II where they came together and prayed to save Christian civilization. I learned a lot of words when I was over in England. Maybe it was because I would go visit the local pub and the boys would be talking about, you know, uh, life and rock and roll and a lot of issues. I learned words like poppycock, balderdash, claptrap, flapdoodle. What John Kerry, Al Gore, and all these climate, climate catastrophizers, they're full of poppycock, balderdash, claptrap, flapdoodles. We in America simply say, bull, I'll keep it clean. BS. It's BS, people. It's a scam. It's a ruse. And the sad fact is, you pay, we pay. We, the people, pay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're in the midst of an American crisis. I didn't create that term. When I actually was in Brighton, England, uh, I did some historical touring of southern England, all over England, London, etc. But uh, near Brighton is a city by the name of Lewis. Lewis is about 13 miles away from Brighton, England. And there was a gentleman there by the name of Thomas Paine who lived in Lewis. There was a historical plaque, a nice pub around the corner, went to visit pub and talked about Thomas Paine. And I, I, Thomas Paine has written a number of books. He, he was an Englishman who came to America in 1774. He wrote a book in early January of 1776 called Common Sense. Uh, in there, he, he says that in America, the king in America is Jesus Christ. Okay, He really, literally did say that. I remember one time debating an atheist about this, and he says, that's a lie, that's not true, and happened to have Thomas Paine's book, Common Sense, with me. Well, here's a copy right here. Well, a number of his writings. Uh, and sure enough, I pointed out where he says, in America, it's not King George in America, it's King Jesus. Now, by the way, later on, Thomas Paine, who ended up being involved, uh, went over to the French Revolution, ended up becoming a deist, an anti-Christian. In fact, it was so bad when he came back to America, there were only six people at his funeral. 
right? And he even, he even he attacked George Washington, called him an incompetent general. He attacked America's Judeo-Christian roots. He wrote a book called The Age of Reason, where he says the Bible is bogus, et cetera, et cetera. But the Thomas Paine of 1775-76 had very much become an American revolutionary. And he wrote uh, a number of essays called The American Crisis. And in the American Crisis, that would have come out uh, in December of 1776. Now, you got to imagine this. The American Continental Army was suffering. We were getting beaten by the, the world's greatest empire, the world's greatest army, the British Empire. We were suffering under the tyranny of King George III. And he opens up the American crisis by saying, the, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. My fellow Americans, these are the times that try men's souls. Right now, what we have going on, I'm serious, and this is, this is not an exaggeration like an Al Gore exaggeration or a John Kerry exaggeration, seven more years and the world's coming to an end. It's an explanation of what's happening in the United States of America. Do you think inflation is here by a accident? Do you think that what's happening on the border is by accident? You think the crime in American cities is by accident? You think that when five black policemen kill a black in Memphis, Tennessee, and that's called systemic white racism, that's by accident? You think the indoctrination of our children in, from kindergarten to tw 12th grade all the way through college and law schools is by accident with this profound lefty indoctrination? You think critical race theory and Black Lives Matter Marxism and Antifa going wild in the streets is by accident? This is not by accident. This is the, the globalist big government agenda of leftism. And it's, it's infused and permeated and taken over. I hate to be partisan, but it's taken over the Democratic Party. In my scriptures at home, in the book of Joshua, first chapter, over and over, Joshua, as they get ready to go into Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, he says over and over, Kasach ve'amatz, Kasach ve'amatz, Kasach ve'amatz. Be strong and brave. My fellow Americans, now is the time for us to be strong and brave. And most importantly, we need to get involved. We need to get involved in any way that God will call us to get involved so we can save our glorious, wonderful American Republic under God. So until we meet again, Godspeed, God bless, and happy trails to you.